0: What's up, coaches? Today is the day where we finally crown a champion as the NCAA tournament wraps up tonight with Texas Tech and Virginia. Speaking of champions, we have a championship caliber coach with us on our podcast and I couldn't be more excited about it. We crossed state lines for the first time on KYPD to bring Coach Trayvon Biglow, D-line coach from my alma mater, Harding University in Searcy, Arkansas. Coach Big is from Oklahoma City where he played football at Putnam City High School before signing with Harding to play defensive end for the Bisons. He played 45 games in the black and gold from 2013 to 2016 and finished his career with 24 and a half sacks, second highest in total program history, and 43 and a half tackles for a loss. As a senior, Coach Big was the Great American Conference Defensive Player of the Year and earned his third All Conference honor and second All American award. After he finished playing at Harding, Coach Big became a graduate assistant for the Bisons before becoming their full time D line coach, a position he's held for the last two seasons. In 2016, Coach Big's senior year, The Bisons finished with an undefeated regular season record to claim a Great American Conference Championship. The 2017 team overcame an 0-3 start and reeled off 11 straight wins to reach the Division II National Semifinals, following to eventual national champion Texas A&M Commerce. This past season, the Bisons finished with a 9-3 record, losing to Ferris State 21-19 in the opening round of the Division II playoffs. Ferris State, by the way, is a team that went on to lose a heartbreaker to Valdosta State in the National Championship game. In 2018, the Harding defense was one of the most dominant units in the country, and that's no exaggeration. The Bisons finished first in scoring defense nationally, surrounding just 11.2 points per game. They finished second in total defense, allowing just 214.9 yards per game. Third in rushing defense, giving up a stingy 69.6 yards per game. Fourth nationally in pass defense with 145.3 yards per game. Second and first downs allowed, and third and fourth down defense. Today, Coach Big is going to have you fired up with his enthusiasm and passion as he talks about what makes the Bison defense so great and what his defensive line does to help them be so so successful. If you need a little help getting going today, get ready because whether you're a football coach or an accountant, you'll be ready to coach some ball after you get down here and coach Big. So enjoy. Coach Bigelow, thanks for coming on today. It's it's great to have a fellow Bison on to talk some D-line play. And I know you guys, you got some recruits coming in this weekend. It's a busy time of year for you you get ready to start spring ball. But thanks so much for coming on.
1: Coach Ty, how's you doing, man? Yeah, it's it's it's, it's actually kind of slowed down since recruiting season's over. You know, got, like I kind of told you before, get to – uh, spend time with the players that are on the team now, get to slow down and be more of a family man. So, uh, But we still got some recruiting going on, and uh, we're still working hard. Yes, sir.
0: Well, well. so start off by telling us a little bit about your background. You're from Oklahoma City, went to Putnam City High School. So how did you decide that, that Harding was a place where you wanted to play college ball?
1: Right. Um, yeah, like you said, you know, Oklahoma City boy. I mean, Ty, I think I've been outside of Oklahoma – before I was eighteen, probably once or twice in my whole life. Wow! And, uh, didn't know anything about out-of-state schools. Harding was the first school to offer me, and so I made sure, since they were the first school to, in my mind, believe in me. Be, I was going to visit their school. So I visited their school, uh, and for a guy like me, uh, who did not have his father around his whole life and had some struggles growing up. The love and the atmosphere, uh, the brotherhood, the way I saw the players connecting with each other, the way I saw the coaches interacting, I mean, it felt like that was the piece that was missing in my life. And I visited other schools uh, that had unbelievable facilities, great winning programs, championship teams, um, but Harding had that element that, for me, I felt like I really needed to grow as a man. So uh, that's why I chose Harding University.
0: Wow, that's awesome. Well. Talk a little bit more specifically about that time. You know, the first time you stepped on campus, was there something of you know in, in particular, or maybe a coach or a player, or uh, something that you saw or did that, that really that really sold you on the place?
1: Well, Coach Simmons did a great job recruiting me. He was the defensive coordinator at the time. Now he's the head coach, Coach Paul Simmons. Uh, he, one, he did a great job building a relationship with me before I got there. Well, when I get there, um, and they they they, they um. Paired me up with a guy named Dalen Skidmore. We actually uh, finished out our career together in college. He was an unbelievable linebacker, and he was my recruiting, t- you know, tour guy, uh, person that was with me the whole time. And he was great. I'm just uh, he connected with me well. Um, you know, I, I I can't really pinpoint an exact event that happened while I was there. I just remember Coach Simmons, and I had a Christian mentor with me at the time that went to all my visits. And Coach Simmons is laying out to me my scholarship. And once we leave that room, you know, the scholarship room, um, I I turn to my mentor and I go, I feel like this might be the place for me. And my mentor, my Christian mentor goes, I would have slapped you if you would have said anything different. So (laughs) um, I can't really, he felt the same thing I did. And I don't know what it was, but I just knew I had to come here uh, and no doubt, this place saved my life. I mean, this the the man I was my first couple years there. Before I got there, compared to the the man that I've grown into, this place has was a huge factor for the success that I'm having now, and uh, the success spiritually and any asset of my life that I'm going to aspect of my life that I'm going to have going forward.
0: That, that's awesome. And, and well, and Harding definitely was fortunate that you that you decided to to, to go there. You played up playing at 45 games and. And, and I'm hoping I have these numbers right, but finished with 24 and a half sacks, the second highest total in program history, 43 and a half tackles for loss, finished your senior season as the great American conference defensive player of the year. And as a two time all American. So I'm sure that it you know, worked out. sounds like it worked out for both sides for you and the university. I mentioned some things, some accolades that you, that you, that you got while you were there, but what were some highlights for you uh, as a player while you're at Harding?
1: The the thing I remember the most high was the defensive line okay there was six of us and I you know the other five they had red shirted okay and uh, I came up came in my freshman year and there was a need uh, so I got to play as a true freshman and so we all kind of the other five and me you know six of us we all kind of just grew up together you know what I mean yeah um, I can tell you stories in the dorm of near fights and Uh, roasting sessions and I mean Ty you know there are so many stories of us taking six hour bus rides to go play some team in Oklahoma and we're singing you know R&B songs the whole way or someone's getting roasted I mean I mean just so many stories after stories after stories uh, that I could share with you and uh, just the way my senior year ended uh, us being 11-0 in our conference Finishing the end of the season, number one in total defense, rushing defense, scoring defense, all those, you know, all those amazing things we had to do on the field, the way it kind of just came together because our culture, I mean, we, our culture just grew up together and, right. um, to end it that way, that had to be the highlight of my entire career. Just me and those guys, my guys, the way we finished our entire careers together. I mean, I, I could not have asked for a better ending to my football playing days at, at all
0: yeah well yeah it's and 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 you hit it you hit it right on it's 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 uh the things that you tend to miss the most are those relationships and a lot of times it's stuff that happened away from the field and it's you know on those long bus rides especially you know right. division two you're sometimes some of those bus rides can be can be brutal uh and it's, right. you know those guys you know, you're staying in some maybe some not the greatest hotel and and uh uh you know you got a few bucks to go and eat, yeah. so you're all kind of uh scrounging together scrounging your money together to go grab something to eat and um, those no are doubt. some things, the, the the times that you remember for sure when you when you once you step away. Well, so for you, no you doubt. finished playing. Yeah, I think you told me before that that coaching wasn't always on your radar. So how did you decide no. to become a coach? Uh, and and then you moved in from from you know being a player there to coaching there. So how did that work? Well,
1: I, I when I was playing my senior year, I had some guys who were in my corner that told me you will be a fool not to at least try to go professional. Okay, so I trained for a while. Um, I had forgotten that I was five eleven defensive end. Um, so, so my, I, my my shot was slim to none, especially when my forty was not that fast. I kind of didn't know what I wanted to do, um, and Coach Simmons and the coaching staff kind of knew that. So Coach Simmons comes to me and he's like, "Hey, I want you to coach for me." And um, I'm like, okay, I guess you know I'm gonna help out with the D line. I mean, Coach Simmons is an unbelievable defensive line coach. There's A bunch of coaches that know that. And so I'm kind of like, man, I mean, I'm just gonna help this guy. You know, I, I definitely can't follow him up. And he's done an unbelievable job teaching me the role. Um, and honestly, once I started, I just I just didn't look back. I mean, I loved, I lo- I loved every aspect of it. But really, what I love is. Uh, you can attest to this and any coach listening can is that every is that everyday grind it's it's that it's that can you keep going you know what i mean yeah. that that may you've been hitting it hard you've been hitting it hard but can you keep going and, and not can you can you just keep going can you keep recruiting at this level can you keep coaching at this level but can you raise that level um i you know once i once i met that the challenges that came with coaching i just never looked back i remember my players asking me because you know a lot of the guys that I've been coaching the last couple of years, I played with, obviously. Yeah, um, yeah. Actually, some of them are some of them right now are older than me, and so wow. Um, was, well, I remember a couple of them. We were kind of talking and laughing, and one of them goes, "Man, do you miss the glory days?" And I I sat there for a second. I'm like, Th- "These are my glory days." Yeah. I mean. I have, I, have, I have yet to have a moment where I sat there and felt like, man, I really just want to put the pads on again. Sometimes the players are getting dressed and, and they're putting their pads on. I'm like, man, it'd be nice to go out with them. Um, and, and, you know, anybody that has played with me can tell you that I love football as much as anybody playing. Um, but the challenges of being a coach, I have just fallen in love with it. And I have never looked back. So, um, And it helps being under a coaching staff like this. You yeah. know, um, I got, I got a bunch of guys that I try to emulate on a day-to-day basis and they have taken me in, you know, coach Simmons, our defensive coordinator, coach mode, um, coach Underwood, coach Hill, uh, guy, I mean, they, these, these, these guys were much older than me, much more experienced, a lot better coaches. They've really taken me in, t- teaching me their ways that has caused me to have a lot less mistakes early. And, and so, uh, that allows me to just coach on fire. That yeah. allows me to not look back, to not be scared, and to just pound it and keep rolling.
0: That's awesome. It, it, that's such a unique experience to to actually be coaching guys that you played with. And I know right. uh, that you know there's, that, that happens all across the country. You got these guys to, you right. know, become GAs, but but talk about that and how 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 did how did you maneuver that um, to to becoming these guys uh, you know these guys their peer and now you're their coach. How, how did you handle that? Well,
1: I, I'm not gonna lie to you. The, the, there's two. There's two. There's the biggest challenge was following up, Coach Simmons. Right. Uh, okay. Coach Simmons, like I said, unbelievable defensive line coach. Um, uh, unbelievable passion. That was. That was. That was what I was most nervous about. Is following up Coach Simmons. Uh, he eventually gives me the D line, and and so i, I mean still to this day. I'm thinking, I, I have got to honor this guy by raising the level of this D line. Uh, so that is that is the number one challenge. Um, the second part, you know, coaching players that are your age or a little bit younger than you or older than you, um, you know, humans aren't. Humans always know who really cares. You can't fake that, right? Right. And humans know. And humans know who's really working. I mean, that that is that's human nature. You know who really cares, and you know who's really working. Uh, well, number one, I'm blessed for us to have the guys that we do. Um, that are guys that are very respectful, um, that are guys that, that they want to get better. That's number one. Number two, um, I, I think my guys know that I, I really care about what they're doing on the field, what they're doing in the classroom, how they're going to be when they're 30, when they got a, when they're a husband and they have a wife and they have these responsibilities and they have kids. I think my guys really believe that not, not just me, the whole coach staff, but my lines in particular they know that I really care about their outcome in life that's number one and they know the work that I'm putting in to make sure when it when Saturday does come that they are they are as prepared as they as they can possibly be with the stuff that I'm giving them that I'm doing for them so i I haven't really had uh, a roadblock with my age at least not yet um, and it, it, there's a lot of factors in there um, so I have been blessed in that regard.
0: Well, Coach, I think you nailed it when you said, you know, those guys can see that you're working and that you actually care about them. So, at that point then, the the age thing becomes irrelevant. They see, they they know that you're there to help them and not just uh, transactionally, you know, like, hey, I I want you all to do well because you're going to make me look good. But they they see that you have a genuine concern for them and for for their well-being. And so, then it doesn't really matter your age. You know, it's like with with, with the NFL now. You're seeing this youth movement with head coaches – and and you wonder how, how does that work with these you know Sean McVays of the world who are coming in and coaching these Lincoln guys like Riley yeah who yeah. are who are older who are, are several years older and making more money than them in some cases and it's right. because kind of like what you said I'm sure if we had him on the show he'd be saying something very similar that hey you know at the end of the day if you're if those guys know that you're in there for them and you're working you're you're working to help them be the best they can be then then the age thing doesn't matter you know and I think you nailed it. And I no think doubt. for any any guy who's playing, playing football right now and wanting to get into coaching and worried about that dynamic, I think that's great advice that you just gave them And, and, and as far as how to approach that. You know, one thing you mentioned, and, and you and I both had the same D-line coach in college, Coach Simmons, who's now the head coach, as you mentioned, at Harding. And I remember uh, when I first started uh, coaching high school, I wanted to be him, you know. And right. I'm using the same words as him and I'm using the same, the exact same drills and the same process. And, you know, it right. took me a little bit to figure out and, and kind of like you, you've already alluded to that. I couldn't be him. I had to be me. I could still use yeah. some things that he taught me, but I, I had to, yeah. I had to be me. So how have you sort of put your own spin on things, you know, take right. all the things that he's taught you, but put your own spin on things.
1: Right, and really, what it is ties is there's a difference between emulating somebody and imitating somebody. Yeah, um, point. And that's what me and you, and that's what me and you are not trying to do. We're not trying to be an imitator of anybody. But there are a lot of things from, like I said, a bunch of the guys in this coach staff. But in particular, the guy that was with me the most when I was a player, Coach Simmons, that I want to emulate and I want to follow some of those things up. Um, I think, in my opinion, uh, there are two there are two reasons why. Uh, coach Simmons has has completely handed the d line over to me one of the reasons is because he's the head coach there's you know there's a lot of responsibilities that this man has to do especially with him building uh, the gigantic indoor that we have um, right. if, you, if you don't if you if you don't know you know we're building an indoor that's 135 yards long 60 feet tall. Um, it's going to be the biggest indoor by far in division two. One of the biggest, even if you compare it to division, all the major FBS schools. Um, and so he's, he's, he's got his hands full with that. Plus being the head coach. So that's one reason why he handed it over. But I think another reason why is because he sees that uh, I have a clear long-term vision and goal of what I want to do with this D line and this defense. I think he sees that. I think he sees that I'm not, Sat- I'm not satisfied with the status quo. I'm not satisfied in taking those same drills, that same teaching, and just and just regurgitating it. You know, kind of like how you know when you weren't being as responsible as you should in college, and all you did was pull the all nighter the night before a test, so you just regurgitate all that information back. You know what I mean? It yeah. was uh, a, yeah. it was, it, you know, it's clear study, uh, um, it's clear effort in trying to grow the D line. I think he noticed that. And and he trusted me more. Uh, And it was not easy. It was not easy. Um, You know, because um, for a long time, Coach Simmons was still in the the D-line room, and we were kind of sharing it. Well, uh, Coach Simmons, he's where he is at today because of his great personality, uh, because he could take control of a room almost better than anybody. Um, And I have have a lot of that personality in myself naturally. And so uh, there was definitely – a lot of things I had to learn with meshing, and um, you know there was, you know, and, and he, and he's a D lineman at heart. He's a D lineman at heart. And he's a D line coach at heart. So um, definitely, there was, there was, it was tough in the beginning with figuring out, ro- you know, my role and stuff like that. But um, in the end, um, I, I think, Co- I think Coach Simmons really respected what I was, what I am trying to do. And so he, he, he respects me enough to give it to me. So,
0: yeah, yeah. Well, that's. You know, great points, Coach, and and I I could. It's obvious just in talking to you uh, that you got the fire and the energy and the passion, and it and it's a, it's it's magnetic, and I and I'm sure that that you have no problem getting uh, everything out of your guys that you're coaching because that's that that sort of thing is contagious, and and those guys in your room are going to take on the personality of their coach, and 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 so that's a great thing that that you approach the game that way. So, coach, let's get into some defensive line stuff. You guys have been dominant on the defensive side of the ball for a while now, and 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 so I'm gonna have to just bear with me for a second because this is a lot of a lot of impressive stats I'm about to read off here. So, uh, in, in 2018. Now we're talking national statistics here. Uh, you guys were number the number one scoring defense in the nation, number two defense, uh, number two total defense, number four passing, number four against the pass, number three against the rush. Second and first downs allowed, and then third and fourth down conversions. And then in conference, I'm blushing. I'm blushing. <laughs> number one defense in the conference, uh, number one in in, in uh, rushing defense, scoring defense, and and then lead and led the, led the conference in sacks. So, coach, you got to be a little bit of that's sort of an embarrassment of riches there. As I, as I read those right. off, um, tell me, you know, how what are some things that you guys are doing to get that done?
1: Well, coach, it, it's an it's an absolute mentality. All right, that's there's no doubt about it. Um, I'll explain to you our entire year by talking to you about a loss. Is, is that all right?
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah.
1: We're playing fair. We're playing Fair State, right? Yep. First round of the playoffs. Ferris State's quarterback committed to Michigan State out of high school. Okay, he got into trouble when you know went the JUCO route. then went to Fair State. Uh, uh, they they're averaging crazy numbers in total yards this year crazy amount of points per game uh the quarterback ends up winning the division two harland hill which is basically the heisman for our level right um i mean they i mean in the playoffs they're scoring crazy numbers they scored they scored 47 points in the national championship game they end up losing it though they scored 47 points um so we're playing this team who's extremely elite and we are down 21 nothing at half right
0: yeah i'll coach, watch your game yeah
1: yeah coach i promise you you were at that game, and you were in the locker room halftime. You would look me. You would have came to me. You would say, "Coach, Coach Big, this is insane." I would say, "What are you talking about?" You would say, "Coach Big, the look and the eyes of your players are the exact same intensity that it was pregame. It is. It almost looks like what a team like this that they're going against, being down twenty-one nothing, is not phasing them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I promise you, that's what you would have said. You would have heard a bunch of guys." hooting and hollering a bunch of rah-rah going on in the second half i mean it showed in the second half we held that offense that i explained to you to negative 19 total yards in that second half wow we had they had one first down they didn't see the end zone again i mean we were crushing them with our pursuit and our passion um and if you listen to um Fair state's uh, head coach's uh, interview post game interview he kind of explains that a lot. Uh, he's done a great job, unbelievable job with that program. Uh, but you know, we ended up losing that game. Ran out of time. Lost twenty one to nineteen. Um, uh, but uh, that is that game really explains our culture. And after that game, you would you would have never seen a bunch of seniors with their heads in the air and their chest out as after a loss of the last game of the season as much as it was shown in our huddle. And our head coach said this to our guys. He said, right there, we just figured out what kind of men we have in this group. Yeah. We just figured out when, when you're married and your marriage is hard, that you will not lay down. You will keep fighting for that marriage. You just showed when work is tough and your boss is lying to you and your son's twelve years old and he needs your advice when you come home. You're not gonna go go lay down the bed because work was tough. You're gonna stay up. You're gonna give advice to your son. You're gonna lead your son the right way and your family the right way. And so that is that we have been preach. We preach that over and over and try to live it in our culture all the time. That our environment does not affect us. We don't. We are who we are. Who we are affects what we do, not what we do affecting who we are. So that I mean that is that is that is that is our culture, and it's a really a mindset uh, more than any scheme, more than any uh, you know kind of technique, clone, whatever. It is it is a mindset and a culture norm for us, is why we have been this successful.
0: Hey, coach, I got chills listening to that, coach. I, I, I'm telling you what, that's, <laughs> and that stuff is so that that is um, that's it. I mean that's it, and, and getting guys, which it sounds like, obviously you, you all've got that that buy-in uh, to believe that, um, and it's not just coach speak, and it's not just a slogan or, or something that you that you put up on the locker room wall or anything like that, but it's it is right. it it's, it's in you it's in your your DNA, and so now let's let's talk about okay, so so how do you take these guys from you know because uh, Harding is, is is such a place probably more than any other Division II school in the nation, maybe any school in the nation where you literally get kids from all over the country uh, right. being a, a Christian school uh, and people having ties to it from, from really, you know, again, all 50 States, you know, you got guys from coming from California jucos to, to the Dallas Metroplex from Ohio, Florida, Georgia, all these places. How do you get all those guys pulling in the same direction and believing in that mentality? Like you said,
1: right. You're, you're exactly, you, you, I mean, you, you said it. Um, every player's different to get a guy to buy in, it is not it to get an entire team to buy in. It is not one laid out map that works for every person because you just said it. everyone's coming from different cultures. But we got guys from California, Virginia, Florida, Oklahoma, Arkansas, Texas. We got guys from all over the nation, and so um, it is it is there's there, there it is a different way to motivate every player. Every, I mean every player is different, yeah. um, and so what we what we try to do with our culture and our culture is different. You know, we're a strong Christian university, but we try to make our guys feel like they can really be their selves around us. Um, I mean, I'm serious. I'm in my office today and I'm just I'm, I'm going over some things and I hear outside. Uh, a bunch of our players, our head coach, Coach Simmons, our assistant head coach, Coach Underwood, and they are just clowning around, acting a fool. I'm looking out, I'm like, is not there class going on? I mean, it's just, I mean, it's just, I, I don't know what they were joking about, but they, I mean, it's just loud talking, laughing. Um, and they, it, these are two guys, one guy's from Florida, uh, the other guy, I believe, was from, is from Georgia. I mean, um, and and so it's creating a culture where guys come in, they feel like they can still be themselves, but and they and, and who they are. Is accepted to be rooted in our culture. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, and and uh, really, it's a culture of coaches lie when they say I don't have favorites. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean that is that's, that's human nature. It's human nature to have favorites. You got four kids, okay? The kid that has a, a similar personality to to you, you're going to favor them naturally just because their personality fits yours. Now that doesn't mean they're going to get more. Food or whatever, but you do favor them naturally. I mean, you just—it's human nature. There are players on the team that are easier for me to talk to, right? We have more things in life, and likeness. So you have—you do have. Fa- I mean, every coach has favorites, but how you make your decisions on a day-to-day basis reflects that coach's values. Yeah. Okay. And what I—and what I mean by that is this: if there's a situation where two guys are battling out for battling it out for first read or there's a negative situation going on with the player. We make decisions based on everything a player can control. So what I mean by that is I tell my D line this, I said, if two guys are head to head between getting whatever, you know, first, second stream, whatever it is, they're head to head trying to figure out who should start. My values are going to decide who should start. And my values are this, does this guy buy into our culture? That's number one, as far as trying to love on the love on his brothers, as far as his work ethic, as far as uh, what he, what he's doing in the summer. When we tell our players they don't have to be here during the summer, spend time with family, we're going to see you the training program, and we're trusting that we don't have to stand over you to get to, to for you to work hard, right? Do I think over the summer when I wasn't watching, he would absolutely kill himself, right? And so what we tell them is their effort, their attitude, how they treat people all uh, those are all the things that control how we treat them as players. Does that make sense? Yeah. Those are the things yeah. those are the things that are going to control who gets the starting spot. I mean, this player, he obviously killed himself over the summer. This player, he worked out over the summer, but he did not he did not give it everything he's got, so that guy gets the bad. that player's come in my office with those specific, you know, that's kind of a specific deal. Why is he starting over me? And I told them that is exactly what I told them. I mean, I told them what that guy can control, he's killing himself doing it. And so that is the type of culture we have showed these guys. We have showed them you have control of your entire life. You can be as successful as you want to be. The Lord has put that potential in you and we are we with our philosophy are just trying to mimic everything that Jesus is about, everything that the Lord is about, and we are not perfect, uh, but we are trying we are fighting hard to do that.
0: Well coach I I want to ask you this, and 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 for me, I, I know the answer, and it's and it's because I, I went to school there, and 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 understand. But for those of us who are, who don't or are unfamiliar with Harding, um, and just know that as a, as a Bible school up in Arkansas, you know how are right. you? Like I, I love what you said about you know how you know yes, it's a, it's a Christian school, and it's and it's it stands behind what it believes, and and it's unapologetic about it, and but um, you still are able to get these guys who come in and love it there. Uh, you right. know, and, and who are like yourself and, and who right. are, um, you know, proud bisons for, uh, and, and who love, you know, enjoy their experience there. So tell me again, just, you know, what you're doing as far as coaching these guys and, and coaching them hard, but still staying consistent with the values of, of the university. So how are you able to get all of that out of those, out of those guys uh, without necessarily dog cussing them and, and using those right. types of, 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 tactics to get it out and get everything out of them. Right. Well, it's it's
1: it's basically it's a relentless pursuit to keep our values pure. I, I, I mean, we can never be on cruise control. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Um, we get on cruise control, and this is any leadership role. You get on cruise control, your employers are going to, your employees, your players, whatever, they're going to do exactly what you allow them to do. Yeah. Okay, so to keep our culture at the standard, it is it is a relentless effort to continue that. Um, and my story, you talk about. You know, you talk about a player from a different background who doesn't understand. And we get those players, right? Yeah. We get them all the time. We have, we have some on our team, players who don't really understand what we're trying to do and what our culture is about, right? I came from a culture uh, that was all about production, right? Uh, whether it's on the field, in your work, what have you done for me lately, culture, right? That's all that mattered. And, and I came here, and, and I was horrible. I mean, I mean, I was horrible. I was a horrible teammate. Um, I, I, was, I, was not, I was not respectful towards authority. I mean, I was not a great guy. Um, I, in fact, uh, we had recruiting official visits, and I spoke to all the recruits telling my story of how this place changed my life um, from being this guy um, who was arrogant all about himself uh, to, to now this guy who's fighting like crazy, um, who is nowhere, nowhere near perfect, but who is fighting like crazy to do the right thing. And so that is that is really the that, that's the I hope it's not too vague, but that's really the uh, answer I have. It's just a relentless effort to figure out in the situation that's going on right now, uh, whether it's a frustrated player or whether it's a player we've been on about his grade or about his weight, whatever it is, how what in this situation right now, what can I do to turn this to a positive to turn this into this culture's favor? Yeah. and uh, yeah. because if you treat everything the same, in certain situations that method might work but in others i mean you you, you know and you know this coach a coach and a guy's experience and whatever sport he's playing a lot of times that affects the rest of his life yeah i mean that that those habits he created yep. the attitude he has towards life affects the rest of his life and so if you take if you face these decisions as if every decision is the same, and, and this is how it's going to be treated. And I'm going to put it on cruise control. Uh, you are playing with someone's life. That that is how I feel with the deal. i you know, I'm, I'm a, I just turned 24 years old. Probably shouldn't be thinking this deep, you know. But um, <laughs> I, I feel like, and I tell my players this all the time. I would have a player in my office, and he's struggling with grades, and, and or he cheated, or he or he lied to us about something. And 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 my players think I'm a little extra saying stuff like this, but I tell them this. I say if you are working on your third or fourth marriage or if you can't sustain a job when you're 30 or 40 years old, whatever's going on, I promise you it will not be my fault. You will not leave here and think someone did not push me to be the best I can be. You will not leave here and think they, no one here cared about who I was. They just cared about winning ball games. So um, that is kind of the attitude we carry that. We have to make sure these guys leave and walk away. When they walk across stage and their mom's crying because of their success, they need to tell us, "Coach, thank you." That is the best version of a man that my son can be right now. That is that is our goal,
0: Coach. I, I mean, I I I can't even add to that. You, you you're you're hitting it right on the head, hitting the nail right on the head about that. And 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 really, what our profession as coaches. Uh, should be about today, especially in our in our culture in our day and age that where you know we can sit around and complain about kids and they're not what they, they're not what they used to be or they're doing too much you know whatever they are what they are and we can either uh, sit back and, and complain about it or like you said, be proactive and, and I love the, your words you know it's a relentless pursuit of uh, of, of pursuing that you know, your, your values and your, uh, your core values of what you believe in and that you can't ever be on cruise control. And, and, and that, again, it is as serious as you're playing with someone's life. You know, we can all point to good and bad uh, interactions we have with coaches on down the line that still affect us today. And so that's awesome that you, you take that so seriously, especially as such a young coach. Um, I know most of you guys listening to this are going to be surprised that you're, that you're only 24 years old. So, um, all right, right, now let's shift into this you it's day one of spring ball you might you, you got some new uh, maybe some juco guys transferred in or whatever no yes, sir. what what are some drills some things that you're doing those first few days and weeks fundamentally to get those fundamentals in place
1: right so the first thing we uh, we're, we are an attack and react defense up front. And ATTACK is all caps. I'm serious. It's <laughs> all caps at about 16 exclamation points. Yeah. I mean, we are lining up. You're, you're lining up on your guy's shoulder, your read key, and you are thinking about your first few steps, you know, you know your six-inch power step. I mean, you are flying and you're dominating that shoulder, you know. And, and so we attack attacking. So the first thing we work on is get off. So we work on, you know, substances that allow you to explode the right way, um, you know, so working on get offs, and then we make a transition uh, right into, you know, we get PVC pipes and, uh, you know, we work on uh, having a great base, a uh, great feed. Um, as you, you, you know, this, this green kind of mimics you, kind of hooked up to, a, to alignment. Um, and and you're kind of just having, working on having that great wide base so you could be able to shed out of your gap and react to everything that's going on. Um, it's a lot of focusing, and, and then we get into you know we get into bag work um, as far as half rounds. You know, bags on the ground, and right. uh, uh, having great feet, uh, being able to bend, turn, and run through trash because uh, you're doing that all the time as a D lineman. Uh, right. we work on uh, we work on the uh, stand up the the the, the stand up dummies. You know, and the and the club work and being able to flip your hips and uh, you know not give ground, flip your hips and keep a stable base underneath you. Uh, having vicious clubs by involving your hips um, and, and uh, you know finishing through finishing through the rush by Tomahawk and the quarterback, and the flip sack, and um, so it's kind of it's really it's it's uh, it's really basic. You know, we we do some block destruction stuff with the two man uh, shields. You know, you get. I don't know how to explain it. The weight room bands, you know what I mean? Those, yeah. those weight room bands. Yeah. And, you will basically you put them around your back and uh, you have both your hands holding them and you're shooting your hand on a two-man shield with you know, popping your hips through, holding it out for about a, a second to two seconds. And, uh, you know, just, just really basic fundamental stuff for us that that really is going to help us be successful Uh, every defense is different you know every defense every defensive line is going to have uh first day drills that is tailored to what they're doing those are things we're going to work on the first day and uh, then we're obviously we're going to have walkthroughs um you know we we uh we basically have a curriculum for our whole defense of what we're going to install day to day um and so pre-practice um, I should have started out with this probably pre-practice. We um, talk about the things we're going to install. Very basic one-gap movement type stuff. Uh, Ty, we twist all the time. I mean, we twist. If there was a percentage, probably eighty-five to ninety percent of the game were twisted. Really, like we're trying to screw up blocking scheme. Yeah, it's 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 really. I mean, it's really been unbelievable for us. It's it's keeping it's kept linemen off of our backers and safeties because they're trying to figure out what's going on up front with all the twisted. So, right.
0: um,
1: you know, it's tailored. Obviously, it's tailored. It's it's calculated to what. Uh, their offense likes to run, and, and so it screws up blocking schemes. Uh, yeah. So we, you know, there's a lot of learning a new guy has to do on this D line just because we twist so much. And there's specific there's there's specific techniques to how we want you to twist, you know, specific paths we want you to take, footwork, etc. So it's a lot of learning, um, and so we go really slow in spring ball. Um, you know, one gap movements, then uh, two gap exchanges, and you know, we'll 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 twist with blitz while blitzing. Yep. So there's there's stuff there's stuff to learn there um, so um, it's really slow pre-practice we watch the film on what we did last year with that stuff and uh, so the new guys can see it we draw it up as well and then we walk through it out, outside with the signals added to it so it's a, it's really a lot the first day uh, but it's 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 for what we do it's really slow and, and really fundamentally based
0: yeah well, well talk to me about those twisting then so so when I'm you know if you're coaching me up and let's say let's say uh let's start with the inside and work our way out, so I know you're a four man front you're a four two five correct
1: yes sir, uh, and so yes, sir.
0: you're playing a three tech in a shade uh, or or a uh, a two eye we decided to move
1: to a two i okay. uh you know we we went down to TCU a few years ago and we took their scheme and they lo- and they like at the time, they love the shade, uh, but we went to a two I because of the combo scheme. Yes, um, you know our, our nose beats up on that guard, so it's harder for them to ch- to con- to ch- combo up and chip up to that linebacker. Yes. Um, so that's helped us a lot playing the two I. So yeah.
0: yeah, well, well, and, and we're the same way. We we really are. Uh, if you're if you're te- if we're you know getting uh, technical about it, our 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 base is a shade, but we end up playing uh, in a two I. You know, most of the time, yeah, most of the time, and for the very same reason that you mentioned. So, if I'm an inside guy and I'm twisting, what are some things that you're coaching me up to do? Like, you know, walk me through a little bit, ask some maybe some cues that you're using. Where are my eyes? Right. What are my aiming points? My steps? Things like that.
1: So we have, uh, I would say, we have three different types of of twisting uh, as far as a move that you could do. If yeah. it's uh, if it's if it's attached to a play call, okay. Uh, one of it's called a one of it is called a penetrator. Okay, uh, the, a second, the second one is called a speed slant. The third one is called a power slant. Uh, the first one and the fourth one is a term that we came up with. It's called rapid roll. Okay, and I'll explain penetrator first. Uh, the penetrator usually uh, is the nose, the tackle. Uh, it'll be the DN sometimes. We have what we call a slice call, and I'll make him a penetrator. But basically what it is is, uh, you know, say, it, say it's the tackle, right? The tackle is usually in a three technique. Yeah. and what the tackle will do is he'll cheat down the head up pre-snap and he his goal is and what we're doing is uh in this specific call we're expecting the center to to, to, to block away from him right okay. and so that means that guard will be trying to block him but the good thing is if that center's going that way well that guard's going that way too so he's actually helping our tackle slant the way he wants to go right but anyways um, uh, we tell him uh, we want him to I mean it is a it is a it is a Explosive speed slant right behind that center's rear end into the backfield about a 45 degree angle. Yeah. Um, where, and it's, it's been great against power. It's been great against zone concepts. Um, and and uh, we have a guy rapping right behind him who's usually a block. I mean, it is, and I'll explain that technique in a second, but uh, that's the penetrative technique. You know, you're ripping through upfield and you're just trying to cause havoc in the backfield. Um, okay. And if it's called right, you know, if you know when we do our analysis all week, and we're trying to figure out what that offense is trying to do. If it is called right, it is very disruptive. I mean, it's very disruptive. Uh, last year, our guys. Uh, this is kind of the second, you know, year and a half ish that we've been running that technique, that penetrative technique, and our guys have been trying to do it from a three tech. Uh, but the problem is, you give that offensive guard a chance to stay on you because you're trying to go. You're trying to go. You're in a three technique, trying to penetrate behind a center you give that offensive guard a chance to hook up even if you're really quick you have to go all the way across his body he has some type of a chance to try to hook up with you so we're going to start doing it from a head up alignment so that's a penetrative technique okay Okay. Uh, penetration technique okay second technique is a speed slant okay and uh how we teach it is we want the wherever you're slanting we want that foot back okay we want that foot back and we want you coming at about a 45 degree your first step should be at a 45 degree downhill angle Okay, and then that second step should drive and kick through, and you should be ripping upfield into your gap, and you're just causing havoc. It's a speed slam, so you're not thinking about really trying to fit something up, you know, and yeah, and, and trying to fit up a line. You're, you're thinking about getting through that gap and causing havoc. So, um, you know, taking those steps that I just mentioned, 45 degree angle. Downhill and then driving and kicking that back foot to give you that force to rip up and through a shoulder and get in the backfield. That's the key for a speed slam. Okay. Um, then we have a power slam. Okay. And uh, we power slam if we figure that it's a it's it's a it's an one game situation. Okay. Yeah. And what I mean is uh, what I mean is um, if inside guy, if the inside guy decides to speed slam, like I explained to you, right? Yeah. And he takes that forty five degree step and then kick drives his back foot. He's a, he has a narrow base at that point. Yes. So if they're a heavy run team, he's screwed. He has no guidance to try to react to a block if they double team or combo. And so he's getting driven off the ball. So uh, we do have a power slant technique. And basically what that is, is um, say I'm a tackle and I'm lined up to the right. I'm a three technique and my job is to power slant left. Uh, basically, you take a six inch lateral power step to your left. And then you at that point, you're just reacting to whatever the block you whatever blocking scheme going on, right? So if I took the six-inch lateral power step left, right, Yeah. and I see and I notice that there's zone blocking at me, well, now I'm shuffling back the other way, right? What this – basically what that first step allows you to do is really kind of read what's going on, Yeah. you know, and it's, you have a powerful base to be able to react to whatever blocking scheme is going on, okay? Um, so that is, our, that is our kind of third um, – um, movement deal the the fourth one is what we call a wrap and roll technique okay if you can remember when i talked about penetrator uh, the guy trying to get behind the center's butt yes um of the dn sometimes on our slice calls um trying to you know basically he lines up in the, in the inside shoulder the tight end and he's slicing through that c gap um well a lot of times when we penetrate we have a wrapper. Coming from where he left. So if the tackle's penetrating behind that center's butt, that nose is going to wrap to the other side of the ball behind him. Yeah. Okay. And uh, what we call it is a wrap and roll technique. And basically, um, if it's the nose guard doing it, okay, um, he he takes he ta- he laterally shuffles to wherever he needs to go, and he's patient. He's shuffling, and we're not telling him to fit somebody up. We're telling him to look for grabs. He's basically, if we call it right, he should be a free player. So we're telling that guy to look for grass, okay? Um, that's in that, you know that that's that's how that's how we want that wrap and roll guy to be. We call it wrap and roll because at first, like I said, uh, you're in a lateral shuffle to wherever you need to go. But once you see it's pass play, you don't need to be shuffling anymore. You know, right. you need to be rolling. That's why we call it wrap and roll. So once okay. you once you start rapping and uh, at the beginning of the year we struggled with guys um, rapping um and take it too long to roll you know what i mean yeah. they're rapping rapping and all the whole line's line kicking back and then, you know now they're not a part of the pass play so um, it's it's rap and you need to roll once you see hash going backwards and get part of the pass play yeah. um and you know we, we you know we you know if it's uh you know so you know that, those are basically um how we teach our different kind of stunts and the technique that we want to do it and um, when we teach them that way now know that system has allowed us to whatever stunt that we want to call we know uh you know every every stunt that we call we know if i need a speed slant if i need a power slant if i'm the penetrator and we know those steps for every kind of slant or, or stunt excuse me
0: yeah coach i love i love you know that again sometimes we just say hey you know, I want you to slant or i want you to twist and and and, and when you' when you when you're not specific then then it's really hard to get mad at a kid for for screwing it up but when you're able to tell no them, say break it down and say no, here's what I want you to do you're taking you know we're power power step in here you're taking a six inch lateral step in reading you know I think right. that that's that eliminates the confusion that eliminates uh, no indecision and, it, and it's and it's ta- like you you said this use this word earlier it's tailored to the, the play that we are expecting them to run you know, out right. of this formation and no you know, that sort of thing. And no so doubt. going back to the, I think this was your third one, your, uh, your power, uh, say it again. It was your power, where your power tech, slant. Yeah. Power slant. So um, you talked about, you know, with your, maybe with your inside guys where they're stepping and then they're reading. Right. Well, y'all do that right. sometimes. Like, let's say you're playing a, a heavy zone team and, you know, well, right. like let's say the three tech is on the side of the running back. Is that, would that might right. be the time? And, where then, and
1: then he'll tag.
0: Yeah. Where he's kind of ste- yeah. taking that step to see if that running no back. No doubt.
1: Okay, yeah, so if we, if we, if we were facing a, a zone team and we call tag or something, which we do, uh, that's, a, that's a good call. Every defense knows that. And um, Yeah, he's taking that sick And, you know, our base matters. So what I tell you – know, so again, it's just started with this. We tell, we tell our kids uh, we're, we're, we're an explosion first defense, right? Well, the most expulsive part of your body is your hips and butt, right? Yeah. Um, and so you have to be in a stance that activates those muscles. Okay, and so, um, for instance, when you catch a power clean, what stance? When when you catch it after you exploded, what stance do you end up in?
0: Yeah, you get your you. feet are
1: usually pretty wide, right? Right, right. When you squat, no one squats with their feet right under their hips. It's a pretty, you know, it's a, at the very least, a shoulder width apart. Right. Okay, those are powerful stances. So we can't be an explosion defense with four guys in a powerful stance. You're you maybe you're maybe you're still pretty explosive, but you are not unlocking your true potential and being explosive. So, um, we teach our D linemen that your feet need to need to never be more than shoulder width apart,
0: right? Unless
1: unless it's helping you in a stunt, right? Unless that's that play might be wrapping. And you're a little bit of a bigger guy so trying to get all the way out of a very well explosive stance might hurt your timing then you can get in a balanced stance where you can get up and rap right um, you know it's you know I tell them you know you can kind of tailor your stance to whatever that stunt is but if it's if it's a tight G situation a base situation your, your feet really need to be right on your hips the most explosive part of your body so you can activate those muscles yeah um well uh, in, a, in a tag play or you know, or a nag play, nose, gap, whatever. Yep. Um, their their stance needs to be just like our base stance. Their 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 feet need to be right on their hips. And the reason why is when a guy starts out in a wide stance when he's about to tag, well, when he takes that lateral six inch power step, what's going to happen? He's going to have a super wide base.
0: Yeah, and his pad and level is going to come up. Go ahead, coach. I said I said yeah, and his pad level is going to come up.
1: Well, yeah, sometimes, you know, some guys, yeah, for sure. They're bad, that screws with the pad level. But let's even assume it's not. Let's assume it still has great pad level. Well, the problem is we're expecting a run play, correct? Right. So a guy needs to be able to have a great, powerful base to fit up the old lineman. What ends up happening is because his stance was already wide and he's stepping lateral, yeah. well, that, that back foot overcompensates. And so right. what ends up happening is that guy brings – that guy's back foot tries to catch up with his foot that just stepped step lateral. And so now he has a narrow base. And now guy, now that guy's getting driven off the ball because that back foot tried to overcompensate. Is that, right. you know, it's hard to talk about that when watching watch film. Is that making sense yeah, though?
0: Yeah, it makes perfect sense. Makes perfect sense. And that's one of those things you can really, um, you know, with your end zone view and, and uh, exactly. uh, whether it be an inside yeah. drill or team or in and obviously even in game situations, that's that's what's that, that's great for. And, and I know we, we coach a lot of that up, you know, first step and, and second step. Uh, placement and where, where, where guys are doing that because uh, you see it you pause the film and you see their feet are together and you say look you know yeah. you're wondering why you're you getting no driven out the ball or you're falling down yeah. it's and, and there it is and so that stuff is is crucial to point that out and it can be tedious too I mean we always it seems you know all year uh, that you're always fixing stances because it's just it's one of those things as you mentioned earlier about going on cruise control you can't just it's always got to be a point of emphasis and as soon as it's not then that's when stances start getting lazy and steps get no lazy doubt. and then no doubt none of this stuff that we're talking about works yeah and a so, relentless
1: pursuit to sustain your value you that's no doubt about
0: exactly it. right yeah well yeah. so are most of these slants uh, are y'all doing full line stuff or is it half line or is it just the inside guys or how does that work
1: are you talking about as far as uh wrapping it
0: Well, I'm saying like you know when you're running in the game, you said y'all you know y'all do this a lot with your D line, or y'all usually doing it all all four? Are all four involved, or is it two of them?
1: It depends on the play call. Um, You know, you got your basic Texan X. Yeah. um, And if a team is a, you know, they'll get if a team gets in, you know, who knows, a 12 personnel or something like that, where uh, they love running zone plays, where they got all those inside gaps. The Texan X is good against zone. You know, just because right. you, got, you got guys twisting, so the whole f- offensive line is trying to figure out what's going on, and those yes. backers end up staying free. Um, so, you know, we'll do that while while bringing both safeties off the edge. So now, not only is the offensive line confused, you short, you know, that, that running back cannot even think about bouncing the ball aside because he's got safeties screaming off the edge like their hair is on fire. And he has linebackers up. He has li- our front two linebackers are basically free because all this twisting that's going on. Right. So, so, gaps, um, yeah. Yeah, we, yeah, we, we. You know, we, we will twist we'll twist it just depends on that game, that down and distance, that tendency, you know um, those all those all decide what we're gonna call next.
0: Yeah. okay. <clears throat> well coach um, now I, I'm a high school coach and most of the guys listening to this are gonna be high school coaches uh, right. I'm sure. and so uh, as we are coaching up our guys and, and those guys who who have aspirations to play at the next level, Uh, What are some things that we need to coach those guys up and make sure that they are good at uh, in order to give them a chance at being successful uh, at the next level?
1: Coach, one of the first things I look for uh, in a kid is, and it's usually obvious once you turn on tape, um, is that kid playing in a way that makes you feel like he loves to play ball. Does that make sense? Yes. Uh, You know, the ball's away from him. Is he the kid, you know, and it's amazing to me, kids have this in their videos, uh, but they will, they will show themselves dominating a ta- uh, an offensive guard and the ball might be about 15 yards away and they will finish the film of themselves walking and watching, you know, that, that, that stuff uh, for me, absolutely disgusting, especially if it's a new one, I mean, um, um That's, that's, that's one of the first things I look for. Does it look like this kid loves to play ball? Is, is, is he doing things like pursuing uh, relentlessly? Is he doing things uh, like if he's a D D-line, Is he? I mean, is he getting off the ball like it, like it matters every play? Is, yeah. Is it a line? Is it a linebacker on the power play that's sticking, fitting up a guard uh, like like he owes him money or something? You know. Right. Um, those are things. Those are things that 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 I notice. Uh, you know, this, these days with offenses and spread, uh, a key element in any position: safety, corner linebacker d-line is this guy explosive yeah uh, that's what you know that's you know uh, and, and we you know uh, all the time there'll be a guy who's making plays Man, he, he ain't explosive and that's you know that's something to there's a lot of things in your in your physical ability you can't control you know uh, a guy who's unbelievably stiff um a guy who's slow hard to turn a 4-8 to a 4-3 you right. know there's there, there's a lot of things that you can't control um uh, I think explosion is one of those things that you can get better at. That yeah. you can become more explosive, um, and so explosion in any in any level, linebacker, D line, safety, explosion is one thing I look at. How explosive is this guy? You know, um, a corner getting in and out of his breaks. How explosive was that? A uh, linebacker when he when he reads the play. I mean, is he is he is he is he, is he coming through the a gap kind of dancing, or is he flying through that a gap making the tackle? You know. Um, did that dn get off the edge and really just he won the rush off his first step those are those are things that uh as far as physical attribute that's one of the first things i look for and because um, everything else coach everything else can be fixed right fixed, right you know quote unquote and what i mean by that is if i see a kid and he's not that strong well dude he gets in our program he's gonna flourish you know or or if i see a kid high school kid he doesn't have great hands on the d-line well ain't I a D d-line coach I'm right, teach him right. hands. so you know don't there's things that I call fixables, you know, and, 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 uh, those are things that for me, we're talking, we're talking specifically right now, physical attributes. Uh, those are things for me, uh, that I don't put a whole bunch of weight on. Now, if a guy, it comes in, he's unbelievably polished, super, obviously super, you know, that makes you want to, that makes you want to recruit this kid even harder. You know, the, the things that, you know, that there was, there are three things, that you can't replace in my opinion when you're recruiting um and it's speed size and instincts yeah those are the, those are the three things if a kid has those i mean those those are ridiculous but uh, sadly those are most of those all three of those things are mostly things you can't control you right. know um you know instincts a guy might be able to you know become have a better football iq and uh, stuff like that but um, those are three things that I always, you know, I always feel like you, you can't, you can't coach those.
0: Right. You can't
1: coach those three things. Right. I can coach hands. Right. I can coach a guy that that played in a reed style defensive line to get off the ball on my D line. You know, I can, I can coach right. those things. I can't make that guy six four. Can't make that guy faster. Um, and it'd be awfully hard to turn a guy who doesn't understand the game to have unbelievable instincts. Yes. Um, so, yeah. so,
0: well, so being in Division Two. You know, it's 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 sometimes difficult because you know if the, if a guy if a kid is really good and has all those things you talked about you know the the speed size and the instincts if they're check all those right. boxes usually those guys are getting snatched up by bigger programs and so yep. uh, the challenge for 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 coaches in, in Division two and smaller schools are you know trying to find those diamonds in the rough those those kids that are maybe a year away or maybe they're they're out of they're playing out of position at that point so. Talk about that, how you all evaluate guys and look for those guys who are a little bit under the radar that you can fit into your program and make them uh, – turn them into successful players. Right. Uh, first
1: thing uh, we – you know, I was taught when I first started recruiting is watch the whole tape. And that, and that sounds maybe cliche or, oh, of course you're supposed to watch the whole tape. Uh, but that doesn't happen a lot. You know, a lot of people make their judgments the first 30 seconds. Right. You know, okay, this, guy, this guy's a baller. Let's just let's, – let's sign him up. Or this guy, this this guy can't play for us, you know. Well, the guy that you said couldn't play for you in the first five clips, uh, he doesn't know how to make a highlight tape. He's balling the last twenty, you know. Right. Or the or the guy that was a no doubt guy, you didn't keep watching. He has he, he has no he has huge effort issues. Uh, he, I mean he, you know, blah blah blah. You know, you know, and so watching the whole tape uh, for me is huge. Making sure I completely understand this guy and watch it multiple times, and you're feeling different. Every single day, you know, and sometimes you'll have kind of pre-established judgments before you even get watch the tape. You saw the guy's height and weight. You didn't like it. And so you didn't get that guy a shot. Right. You know, or or you loved his height and weight or whatever he had going before you would watch the tape. And so it looks better than you think it does. It's, you know, yeah. does that make sense? Yes. Yep. And so, um, um, you know, ma- you know, watching it several times, making constant evaluations. Um, that's that's key. Um, networking is huge. Networking is huge um, and finding those diamonds in the rough because more often than not, we find out about a kid just because we know a coach. And he said, Coach, this guy has no offers. I have no idea why. We get on him, and he's a killer for us. That has happened a million times. You know, trying to figure out what that kid's about,
0: uh, if
1: that makes any sense. So uh, you you talked about guys who have uh, some D1 offers. You know, there's some – you know We've we've gotten to a point in our program where we're really successful, and so uh, there are some schools that have that Division One logo uh, that we are not we are not scared to recruit against. You know, obviously there are some we don't have a shot with, obviously, but right. uh, there are some that we 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 we're not scared to recruit against, and we've won some kids. Um, so knowing, uh, trying to understand that kid's ego, trying to understand that that kid's coach's ego, because a lot of kids emulate their coaches. Uh, and understanding what they want to do, where they want to be. We're a different university. We're a Christian university, so we have to evaluate even harder. You know, is this a guy that can fit into our culture? Is this a guy who he only cares about where the best-looking girls are and the best parties? And uh, So for us, there's there's a lot that goes into evaluating a player, um, being Division II and – having the values that we have as a strong Christian university, yes. but, uh, th- but because we do it the right way, that's why we have a special program.
0: Yeah. Well, no, no doubt coach. And, and you guys got, um, all sorts of things going for you as far as facilities and tradition. And again, uh, and the value, the educational value of the school and, 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 uh, parents sending their kids, there, knowing that, that you guys are there and, and going to take care of them and help mold them and shape them into uh, young men that will be, that will be great fathers and, 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 husbands and employees one day um, is, is, is a plus as well. And I know a lot of coaches right. say that, but, but um, I, I can uh, attest that, you know, that Harding is one of those places that actually does that. Well, coaches, we get ready to wrap up, talk about um, some things that you're wanting to uh, to do to get better this off season, whether it be with your D line or you as a coach, talk about some, some, some things you're looking at this off season.
1: Oh, no doubt uh, as far as a coach uh one thing us young coaches and I, I know you could attest to that being a young coach we have a lot of unbridled passion and what I mean is we just have fire and it's but it's just fire everywhere I mean it's just it's just it's just passion it's just passion to have passion you know what I mean and um uh, whether it be just to prove something or just because it's your first time coaching you're just so passionate about everything that you see you know um and so for me controlling that passion you know what I mean yeah. knowing Knowing what I need to focus on, uh, there's so much that can be done. Uh, there's a term that I, my head coach, Coach Simmons, uses all the time. The head coach, um, and it's it's there's not enough time in the day, and, and that sticks with me all the time. And so what that tells me is I need to figure out today what is the most important thing that needs to be done, and tail and kind of tailor my passion towards that. You know what today what need what is going to help this program. What is going to help this D line? Um, so for me, uh, that is that's huge. Trying to figure out what I need to put my focus on. Um, that's number one. Number two, or um, that's for, that's the number one goal for me as a coach right now. <clears throat> for the D line, um, we got a lot of guys, We got a few guys coming back, a good amount. Uh, we got we're going to have some new ones. we have got some new ones next year that are really good. We really need to help. So uh, creating a program uh, upfront a curriculum that allows guys to have a fast learning curve, you know, have a, uh, be able to learn the material quick and be able to help us out immediately uh, without being, getting out there and getting horrible grades. Um, so that, that's huge because of how much we twist and do things. So, um, and that takes a lot of time, you know, that takes a lot of time, a lot of communication, like we, like we've been saying over and over on this podcast, uh, relentless pursuit of your values. um, um, so that, that 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 takes a lot of time and energy, but it's it's definitely worth it in the long run. Yeah. So, doing that and, um, uh, I would love to. We haven't talked much about uh, some pass rush stuff uh, that that I'm I'm falling in love with, but uh, so getting better at some of our pass rush third and long stuff would be huge for us on the D line. So, those things.
0: Yeah. Well, great. That and and, and hey, to, to quote Coach Simmons again. There's not enough time in the day, and we're running out of time on this on this podcast. I'd love to uh, yeah. talk with you some more about pass rush and getting that. That's one of my favorite things to talk about. Um, no doubt. But coach, it it, it sounds like you uh, got a great handle on things, and, and you talked about you know uh, d- directing your passion. I know there's a lot of coaches out there listening who'd love to have some of that passion right now, and uh, it's it's <laughs> definitely contagious. And I'm and I'm telling you, uh, when guys get done listening to this, they're gonna they're going to uh, really. Um, evaluate their own passion and, and their own uh fire for for coaching that that you that you obviously have and, and you are clearly doing uh what God put you on this earth to do and that's and that's coach and impact the lives of young men so uh great to have you on coach thank you so much for coming on and talking to us good luck in spring ball and next season
1: coach Taylor thank you so much man you need to come down to Harding again we need to meet up and have a big powwow oh, I'll be
0: I'll, I'll be up there I'm sure I'll be up there a couple times this spring so I'll look you up <laughs> awesome awesome thank you coach yes sir thank you Thanks so much, Coach Biglow, for talking defense and line play with us today. Give Coach Big a follow on Twitter, at CoachBigHU. Check out the show notes for today's episode for some other cool links and graphics that we referenced in our conversation today. Our quote of the day comes from Marianne Williamson, a quote made popular by the movie Coach Carter, and it is, Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us coaches have a great week remember to rate and review this podcast and until next time keep your pads down